Envision this. You're caring for a four-year-old female who lives in a community where romaine lettuce has been recalled from all the grocery stores. Her mother brings her into the emergency department with nausea, vomiting, and several episodes of bloody diarrhea. Her mother reports, I've noticed she isn't peeing very much. She might be getting dehydrated from all the diarrhea and vomiting. On exam, your patient's temperature is 37 degrees Celsius or 99 degrees Fahrenheit. She has diffuse petechiae on her trunk and extremities. Your patient's complete blood count shows a high white blood cell count, low hemoglobin, and low platelet count. Her peripheral smear shows numerous schistocytes. What will be the next step of evaluation for your patient? What will you tell her mother about her condition? Welcome to Audio Bricks. This is Ed Barnes breaking down thrombotic microangiopathies in years. After completing this brick, you will be able to 1. Define thrombotic microangiopathies including types and incidents. 2. Describe the clinical presentation of patients with thrombotic microangiopathies. 3. Explain the pathophysiology of thrombotic microangiopathies. 4. Explain the diagnosis of thrombotic microangiopathies. And 5. Explain the management of thrombotic microangiopathies. Part 1. What are thrombotic microangiopathies? Thrombotic microangiopathies are a mouthful, but the name tells you something about what's going on in the patient. Microangiopathy means small or micro vessel, or angio, disease, or pathy. And thrombotic means that the problem has to do with excessive blood clotting. So these diseases are characterized by the excessive formation of multiple clots in small vessels throughout the body. The diffuse systemic nature of these disorders distinguishes them from hypercoagulable patients who form a single clot, like a deep vein thrombosis in the calf. The most common consequences of the diffuse clotting are microangiopathic hemolytic anemia, also known as MAHA, in which the red blood cells or RBCs are damaged when they pass through the clotted capillaries and thrombocytopenia as the platelets are consumed in forming clots. So, thrombotic microangiopathies are one form of hemolytic anemia. What are the causes of thrombotic microangiopathies? Thrombotic microangiopathies can be primary, meaning without underlying systemic cause, or secondary, due to drugs or underlying disease. We'll focus most on the two main types of primary thrombotic microangiopathies. Thrombotic thrombocytopenic pulpura, also known as TTP, and hemolytic uremic syndrome, also known as HUS. Note that disseminated intravascular coagulation also known as DIC, is a secondary cause of thrombotic microangiopathies and has a similar blood vessel pathology. We'll compare DIC to TTP and HUS later on in our discussion. Let's stop for a quiz. What are the two main types of primary thrombotic microangiopathies? The two main types of primary thrombotic microangiopathies are thrombotic 
thrombocytopenic purpura, and hemolytic uremic syndrome. Let's discuss the epidemiology of the thrombotic microangiopathies. HUS is seen mainly in young children, mostly after bacterial infections. The incidence is two cases per 100,000, so it's an uncommon illness in the United States, like rheumatic fever. TTP is seen mostly in young adults, but can be seen in any population. It is rare, with only four cases per one million people. Part 2. How do patients with thrombotic microangiopathies present? Although TTP and HUS are different diseases, they do share some clinical similarities. Clinically, these primary thrombotic microangiopathies are characterized by formation of microthrombi throughout the body's vasculature, thrombocytopenia, and loss of RBCs through destruction in small blood vessels, also known as MAHA. These pathologic findings lead to some of the characteristic symptoms due to anemia, for example, fatigue, dyspnea, dizziness, or pallor, hemolysis, for example, jaundice, icterus, and splenomegaly, or low platelets, like bruising or abnormal bleeding. TTP and HUS also have some specific characteristics. TTP usually presents in a previously healthy person, in its full-blown form, TTP presents as a pentad of fever, neurologic abnormalities, MAHA, immune thrombocytopenia, and acute kidney injury, or AKI. However, fewer than 5% of patients with TTP present with all five elements of the pentad. The lack of platelets causes decreased blood clotting leading to blood oozing from venipuncture sites, as well as bruising, also known as purpura, or small microhemorrhages like petechiae. AKI, declining glomerular function rates, occurs due to microinfarcts in the kidney caused by microthrombi obstructing the vascular supply to the kidney. However, this is usually asymptomatic and diagnosed on lab exam. Patients with more severe AKI can have decreased urine output and may develop uremic symptoms such as confusion or pericarditis or chest pain. In fact, such uremic symptoms are why the name hemolytic uremic syndrome was coined. In TTP, but not HUS, the brain may be involved because of the microthrombi leading to strokes and cerebral ischemia. This is seen in about 25% of patients. Symptoms vary and can include confusion, headache, dysarthria, numbness, weakness, and seizures. Some may even develop a coma. HUS is characterized by the same symptoms of the findings of TTP, except that neurologic findings are unusual and fever is less common. HUS is typically preceded by a diarrheal illness. The patient presents with a history of several days of bloody diarrhea as well as severe vomiting leading to dehydration. As in TTP, HUS may show petechiae, bruising, and AKI. Part 3. What is the pathophysiology of thrombotic microangiopathies? In all causes of thrombotic microangiopathies, primary and secondary, vessel wall injury occurs. 
and the coagulation cascade is activated, creating small clots or thrombi that have large amounts of fibrin. These small clots can damage RBCs as they try to squeeze through. Next, let's focus on TTP. First, TTP usually presents in previously healthy people. Some have underlying autoimmune diseases like systemic lupus erythematosus. Others, risk factors include female sex, black ethnicity, and conditions such as pregnancy and obesity. The reasons for these risk factors are not known. The pathophysiology of TTP stems from a deficiency of the enzyme ADAM-TS13, which stands for a disintegrin and metalloproteinase with a thromboplastbondin type 1 motif, member 13. ADAM-TS13 normally inhibits thrombosis by cleaving very high molecular weight multimers of von Willebrand factor, or VWF, into smaller multimers, which have less tendency to form thrombi. Remember that VWF is a protein that helps platelets adhere to the subendothelium during formation of a platelet plug or clot. Normally, when platelets or endothelial cells are activated, they release ultra-large VWF multimers, which are important in forming the clot. In normal patients, ADAM-TS13 cleaves these UL-VWF multimers into smaller molecules that can then circulate in the blood without causing thrombosis. This prevents excess clotting. In patients with TTP, a deficiency of ADAM-TS13 prevents UL-VWF cleavage. Platelets circulating through the blood adhere readily to large UL-VWF multimers, which leads to the formation of thrombi in small blood vessels. The deficiency of ADAM-TS13 can be inherited or acquired. Acquired cases are mostly from an autoantibody that inhibits function of ADAM-TS13, why these autoantibodies form is unknown. Some cases occur late in pregnancy when ADAM-TS13 levels drop. Inherited cases are less common and are from an inactivating mutation in ADAM-TS13. Interestingly, cases of microthrombus formation have recently been described in patients with COVID-19 and respiratory failure. They do not appear to be true TTP since Adam's TS13 levels are not decreased, and patients usually have normal platelet counts and lack of a hemolytic anemia. Let's pause for a quiz. What is the role of Adam TS13 in thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura, or TTP? ADAM-TS13 cleaves ultra-large multimers of von Willebrand factor, or VWF. Deficiency of this enzyme leads to persistence of ultra-large multimers of VWF in the microvasculature, trapping platelets and leading to microthrombi formation, or TTP. Turning back to HUS, it typically occurs in children younger than the age of 5 years, but can occur in older children. The most common type of HUS is acquired, associated with an infectious diarrheal disease due to toxin-producing bacterium in the gut. The most common HUS-causing toxin is shigatoxin, usually from Escherichia coli 0157-H7. Shigella is the next most common. Shigatoxin is released by bacteria in the gut and then absorbed through the gastrointestinal mucosa into the circulation. There, 
By unclear mechanisms, it alters endothelial cells leading to platelet activation and aggregation. A rare genetic form of HUS is caused by a defect in complement factors, which leads to unregulated activation of the alternative complement pathway, resulting in endothelial damage and thrombus formation. Here's another quiz. What is the toxin and the two bacteria most often responsible for causing hemolytic uremic syndrome, or HUS? Shigatoxin from E. coli 0157 H7 and Shigella are most often responsible for causing HUS. Let's move on to discuss the secondary causes of thrombotic microangiopathy. It's important to know some of the important secondary causes of thrombotic microangiopathy because they should always be considered and excluded before making a diagnosis of HUS or TTP, which are less common overall. Secondary causes of thrombotic microangiopathy include disseminated intravascular coagulation, also known as DIC which is the severe diffuse activation of both the clotting cascade and formation of thrombi, often in the setting of systemic infection or trauma. Hematopoietic stem cell transplantation for treatment of leukemias and lymphomas from either the associated radiation therapy or chemotherapy. HELP syndrome, also known as hemolysis, elevated liver enzymes, and low platelets. Some pregnant patients develop maha and low platelets, similar to TTP, causing abdominal pain and hypertension. This can progress to placental abruption and organ failure, for example, kidney or lung. Infections can lead to direct injury to the vessels. Examples include HIV, cytomegalovirus, aspergillosis, and malaria. Malignancies are many times associated with thrombotic microangiopathies, sometimes due to micrometastases to the vessel walls. Medications like calcineurin inhibitors used for transplant rejection, for example cyclosporin or tacrolimus, interferon, and vascular endothelial growth factors or VEGF inhibition cause direct endothelial cell injury, extended release Oxycodone can cause osmotic injury to the cells, and quinine can cause vascular injury from inducing an immune injury. Rheumatologic disorders such as systemic sclerosis, systemic lupus erythematosus, or SLE, and antiphospholipid syndrome can directly injure blood vessel walls. Severe hypertension, blood pressure greater than 220 over 100 millimeters of mercury can cause vessel injury, often leading to maha, low platelets, and AKI with the rising serum creatinine. Let's now talk about the pathologic findings associated with thrombotic microangiopathies. Thrombotic microangiopathies, primary and secondary, are characterized pathologically by maha and thrombocytopenia both due to the formation of thrombi in the vessel walls. Microangiopathic hemolytic anemia occurs when RBCs travel through small blood vessels. They are sheared by microthrombi, leading to fragmented blood cells called schistocytes, which appear as disrupted parts of RBCs on peripheral blood smears. Schistocytes are identifiable by their small size, lack of central pallor, 
and pointy edges. Schistocytes are specific to Maha because schistocytes never appear in a normal blood smear and they are never artifactual. Types of schistocytes include helmet cells, which are crescent-shaped cells that resemble football helmets, as well as triangulocytes, which are triangle-shaped RBC fragments. What causes the RBC fragmentation that leads to Maha? Envision the RBC going through a laser beam, i.e. the thrombi, that cuts on contact. Interesting note is that most but not all microangiopathic hemolytic anemias or MAHAs is due to thrombus formation. Rare causes include MAHA from prosthetic heart valves which can sometimes cause mechanical shearing of red blood cells. Although heart valves are not located in small vessels, they are still considered a cause of MAHA since the result of the RBCs is the same. Also described is the unusual march hemolysis, in which people who log many miles either running or marching develop hemolytic anemia due to fragmentation of RBCs as they pass through the tiny vessels in the soles of their feet. Let's stop for a quiz. How does schistocytosis develop in patients with thrombus formation, or thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura, or TTP, or hemolytic uremic syndrome, or HUS? Red blood cells are sheared as they pass through vessels narrowed by microthrombi and form fragmented RBCs called schistocytes. Thrombocytopenia is also found in thrombotic microangiopathies. This results from consumption of platelets as multiple thrombi are formed throughout the vasculature. Thrombocytopenia has many other causes, including immune destruction. And lastly, acute kidney injury is found in some of the types of thrombotic microangiopathies, especially HUS and TTP. Bacterial toxins and platelet aggregation cause damage to the endothelium of the renal vasculature and obstruct the blood supply to the kidneys. Additionally, vomiting leads to volume depletion, which also reduces the GFR. Part 4. How do we diagnose thrombotic microangiopathies? To diagnose thrombotic microangiopathies, we first look for signs and symptoms like anemia, hemolysis, and low platelets. We then exclude the secondary causes of thrombotic microangiopathy mentioned earlier, for example, drugs or hypertensive emergency. When these secondary causes are excluded, evaluate for TTP and HUS, which are less common. The distinction between HUS and TTP is not made by lab tests, but is usually made by the clinical history and exam. How do we evaluate the complete blood count, or CBC, and peripheral blood smear and serum studies? Most patients have anemia and low blood hemoglobin and hematocrit. Schistocytes will be seen on the peripheral smear, as will reticulocytes, as the bone marrow tries to make more RBCs to correct for the hemolysis. Serum studies will be typical of intravascular hemolytic anemia, showing high unconjugated bilirubin, increased LDH, and low haptoglobin because of the RBC lysis. Note that these studies cannot distinguish between the various causes of thrombotic microangiopathies. Coagulation tests are another tool to determine the diagnosis of thrombotic microangiopathies. 
in TTP, HUS, and most secondary causes of thrombotic microangiopathies, the results on the main coagulation tests like prothrombin time, or PT, activated partial thromboplastin time, or APTT, and thrombin time, or TT, are all normal. How can these normal coagulation test values be possible when there's such abnormal clotting going on? Recall that the intravascular thrombi result not from activation of the coagulation cascade, but from aggregation of platelets. The thrombi are composed largely of platelets with minimal, if any, contribution from fibrin formation. Coagulation factors are not excessively consumed, so the PT and APTT are not prolonged. One exception to this is DIC. The secondary cause of thrombotic microangiopathies characterized by severe clotting and bleeding throughout the body. In contrast to the other causes in DIC, the main coagulation test values are elevated. This is because the thrombi in DIC result from overactivation of the coagulation cascade and are therefore a combination of platelets and fibrin. As coagulation factors are consumed, coagulation studies such as the PT and APTT quickly become abnormal. Let's do a brief comparison of the lab findings associated with TTP, HUS, and DIC. The findings for TTP and HUS with APTT, PT, TT all being normal and they both have low platelets and there will be schistocytes present on blood smear. Remember, the way to differentiate between these two disorders is based on clinical presentation. With DIC, the APTT, PT, and TT are all increased, the platelets are decreased, and there are also schistocytes present. Let's stop here for another quiz. Why do coagulation assays have normal results for patients with thrombotic, thrombocytopenic purpura, or TTP, and hemolytic uremic syndrome, or HUS, but are abnormal in patients with disseminated intravascular coagulation, also known as DIC? Coagulation assays are normal in TTP and HUS, but abnormal in DIC because thrombi in TTP and HUS are basically just aggregates of platelets with normal amounts of coagulation factors. In DIC, platelet aggregates form and coagulation factors are consumed. Before we close this part of the discussion, I'll review the special testing for thrombotic thrombocytopenic pulpura. While clinical exam and routine testing is usually adequate to make the diagnosis of HUS and TTP, in some cases, the cause remains unclear. Special assays can then be done to confirm a diagnosis of TTP from Adams TS13 deficiency. These suggest immune TTP if Adams TS13 activity is under 10% and or antibody inhibitors against Adams TS13 is detected. Part 5. How do we manage thrombotic microangiopathies? Thrombotic microangiopathies are always treated in consultation with the hematologist. For a secondary cause, the main treatment is removing the causative drug or treating the underlying condition, for example, hypertension or cancer. TTP is a medical emergency and is managed with urgent plasmapheresis, 
also known as plasma exchange, which helps to clear and replace the defective Adam TS13. Systemic corticosteroid drugs are also used alongside plasmapheresis, and other drugs such as rituximab may be used as well. HUS treatment is primarily supportive care, given that most patients present with diarrhea, electrolyte abnormalities, and AKI, this means correcting electrolytes, supporting renal function, and providing IV fluids as needed. Antibiotics are not useful in most cases. Here's one final quiz. What is the general approach for managing thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura, or TTP? The management of TTP is based on glucocorticoids and plasmapheresis. Further therapeutic decisions should be taken after consulting a hematologist. And that brings us to the end of our discussion on thrombotic microangiopathies. Now, let's recap to see if we completed our goals. First, are you able to name and describe the presenting features of the two major diseases that lead to primary thrombotic microangiopathies? Thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura, also known as TTP. TTP presents as a pentad, a fever, neurologic abnormalities, MAHA, immune thrombocytopenia, and acute kidney injury, or AKI. Hemolytic uremic syndrome, also known as HUS, is characterized by the same symptoms and findings of TTP, except that the neurologic findings are unusual and fever is less common. HUS is typically preceded by a diarrheal illness. Next, are you able to name the enzyme that is affected in patients diagnosed with TTP? The pathophysiology of TTP stems for a deficiency of the enzyme ADAM-TS13, which stands for a disintegrin and metalloproteinase with a thrombospondin type 1 motif member 13. Next, can you describe the findings on a blood smear while diagnosing thrombotic microangiopathies? Schistocytes are the classic finding on blood smear. They are identifiable by their small size, lack of central pallor, and pointy edges. Schistocytes are specific to MAHA. Schistocytes never appear in a normal blood smear, and they are never artifactual. Types of schistocytes include helmet cells or crescent-shaped cells that resemble football helmets, as well as triangulocytes, also seen as triangle-shaped RBC fragments. Finally, are you able to describe the major approach to therapy for TTP and for HUS? TTP is a medical emergency and is managed with urgent plasmapheresis, also known as plasma exchange, which helps to clear and replace the defective Adam TS13. Systemic corticosteroid drugs are used alongside plasmapheresis and other drugs such as rituximab may be used as well. You should involve a hematologist while managing these patients, too. HUS treatment is primarily supportive care, given that most patients present with diarrhea, electrolyte abnormalities, and AKI. This means correcting electrolytes, supporting renal function, and providing IV fluids as needed. Antibiotics are not useful in most cases. 
And that's it. Armed with your newfound knowledge on thrombotic mycoangiopathies, let's get back to the patient from the beginning of this episode. You're caring for a four-year-old female and her mother brings her into the emergency department with nausea, vomiting, and several episodes of bloody diarrhea. She is a febrile and she has diffuse petechiae on her trunk and extremities. CBC shows a high white blood cell count, low hemoglobin, and low platelet count, and her peripheral smear shows numerous schistocytes. What is the next step in her evaluation, and what do you tell her mother about her condition? Considering her age and constellation of symptoms, you suspect hemolytic uremic syndrome, also known as HUS. Microangiopathic hemolytic anemia and thrombocytopenia diagnosed based on the CBC and smear. Coagulation assays are done to distinguish between HUS and disseminated intravascular coagulation. They are normal, consistent with HUS. A serum creatinine is elevated. Stole culture sent on admission returned in 24 hours, providing the definitive diagnosis of HUS secondary to shigatoxin, producing strain of Escherichia coli or E. coli O157 colon H7. Your patient next is admitted to the pediatric intensive care unit for appropriate supportive care. And that's it for our show. Make sure to like and subscribe if you like what you hear and remember your feedback helps us improve. You can enjoy the full brick experience online at www.usmle-rx.com, complete with illustrations, questions, flashcards, and active learning. So go check that out if you haven't already. Until next time.